The views expressed in our episodes are ours alone and do not represent any other organisations. Our episodes discuss internet crimes against children and cases that involve the exploitation of children and may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Yeah, we don't want to do anything to scare your children. That's the last thing we want to do. We don't want to scare anybody. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Catfish Cops. I'm Tony Godwin. My name is Brandon Poor, and again with us this episode is the amazing, amazing. Sonia Ryan. Well, hello again. Thank amazing. you for having me. And she Thank you for being with us. Artie sounds better than us. Uh, so this week we are going to talk with Sonia. I hope uh, you've enjoyed the last couple of interviews. This week is going to be much quieter. Because we're in a, an amazing place, first of all. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so we're recording in a home that's like straight out of the 18th century. Yeah. 200-year-old floors that are, oh, I don't know, 12 inches wide, like unbelievable hand-hewn beams. And they call it a sugar box, New England replica of, of a it home. It's absolutely stunning. Sugar box or salt box? Salt box, is salt it? Salt box. Maybe oh, in Australia whoops. it would be a sugar Maybe box. Maybe in Australia <laughs> it might be a sugar <laughs> when box. You sound, salt box, New when England. you sound like Sonia, it's a I sugar box. I stand corrected. Yeah. In New England they call it salt box, but I Australia. am known for correcting Tony, so I've just corrected the great Sonia. Well, Ryan. sugar's <laughs> nicer than salt, so come on. <laughs> I like it. I think yeah. it's better. So uh, this week we're going to talk with Sonia some more about... Um, how she's been able to take uh, the tragedy that you heard of with Carly, her daughter, and turn it into what I say is advocacy, but quite honestly, it's protecting children across the globe. So um, we're going to talk in depth about that, kind of talk about what she's been able to do in Australia and then what she's working to do here um, in in the U.S. Mm -hmm. But before we get to that, we've also got to hear that you've had some Texas and Texan experiences, right? I have. Tell us about your your week doing Texan things. Texan things. The big thing is like you shot a gun, right? I did shoot I did shoot a couple of guns and and that was really interesting. One of them had quite a kick on it. But I handled it okay. You did good. Um, you know, I wanna I wanna buy a black cowboy hat. I've already got a beautiful Stetson, so I've been really enjoying wearing that around the place. Um, we've been and in, looked into in some beautiful antique stores and um, secondhand stores. Um, we've travelled around. I've been right out into the country, um, met lots of amazing people. Everyone's so friendly here. I love Texas. It's, um, it's the Australia of the... yeah. I mean, I think US, Texans right? are similar to Aussies in yeah. nature. I mean, yeah. just friendly, warm, open, hospitable. You know, um, you Good. know where you stand with people here, and I really like that. People are straight up, <laughs> yeah, no messing about. Uh, so you're hooked. You're yeah. you're a converted Texan. Yeah, now. I love it. I love it. The it's shotgun. Beautiful. 
well, that was a good that was a good little kick, but you held right on to that thing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like a pro. Yep. Yep. Were you expecting it? Had you ever done that before? Uh, no. Um, and I will say some of the smaller guns were louder than the shotgun. Like they yeah. hurt my ears. I have to remember to put something in my ears next. You time. weren't wearing earplugs. <laughs> no, I was not. One of one of the sh- um, guns I shot made my ear ring a little bit, but that's okay. I'm yeah. tough. Yeah. Well. This is the, true. Yeah, I was I was impressed. I you thought. know what I did find? Um, a great friend of mine bought me a, an antique gun holster, uh, and right. uh, it is beautiful. It's I saw really it nice. sporting a, uh, what did you say? You had a 44 or 45 or something? 45 double action long colt, I think it was called. So yeah. was that a hammerless gun? No? What you, so double okay. action. But you got to see this. Like, I mean, she's got the boots. She's got mm-hmm. the buckle, mm-hmm. the yeah. hat, mm-hmm. and now this antique holster. She's mm-hmm. like, yeah. you know, the Wild West. What's it? Annie, get your gun. <laughs> well, I'm just trying to fit into my environment. That's great. And uh, really look, immerse myself Texan. into Texas and kind of get to know everybody. And um, When you get the accent a little bit. I was going to say. Yeah, yeah the problem is that I wear all of this stuff and we'll go out. We, I think we went out to Billy Bob's one night and um, we went to a couple of different places and and, um, you know, people were saying, oh, your outfit's really lovely or, you know, like really nice or whatever. And then I'd say, oh, thank, thanks. And as soon as I open my mouth, my cover is blown. <laughs> uh, They're like, and, she's not Texan. Yeah, and unfortunately it doesn't work for very long. No, but, but what I've what <laughs> yeah. I've seen in first person, I've seen that like people hear the accent and mm-hmm. then they're like, oh, where are you from? Talk to me, mm-hmm. you know, and then they I just- I love yeah. your accent. Then they just want to like talk <laughs> yeah. for an hour. Yeah. And so if yeah, you can get a, a thanks y'all, then maybe, you know- Throw a y'all in there a little bit. Y'all. Y'all. Thanks, y'all. Thanks, y'all. Yeah. Thanks, y'all. You, might, you might delay the reaction first where they go, what? I thought mm-hmm. the darling was probably the best. Darling. There, see? Yeah. That's hey, starting to darling. sound pretty Texan. <laughs> All right. Enough of the Texas talk. Let's talk about... Um, Let's talk about Sonia. So we shared with you all of the accomplishments, I think, that, that oh, she's yeah. um, had before in the last episode, but just to recap, you should know she was the South Australian of the year in 2013, a human rights medal finalist in 2017. She's an ambassador, an ambassador, the UAE Fatima Bint Murbarak motherhood and childhood award winner of 2018. Glad you said that one. I, I well, the shorter version is Mother of the Nation Award. That's what I meant to UAE. say. That's what we yep. meant to say. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would have said. Forgive me. That's what I was going to say. But she has gone on. So what we need to talk about this week in this episode is what you've done after the trial. Mm-hmm. And, and so we want to talk about, I want to talk about how, uh, get into how you left or, or at least worked through the trauma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The transition, I guess, yeah, from the after the, the culmination of the trial and just how exhausting that had to have been uh, with, you know, bits of relief, mm-hmm. but then... Now what? And I think that's what our listeners want to know is how did you transition and come up with the idea or the thought process to move into ad, into some advocacy for kids? Or was that not even really immediately apparent? I think that level of trauma just changes you at a cellular level. Um, and in that groundless grief, um, I just... I don't know. I just had a real sense of clarity and I could really see 
uh, what needed to be done. And as I've said to you before, it wasn't just the initial crime of, of losing her. It was all of the horror through the coroner's process, working with investigators, um, looking at the investigation, uh, seeing um, the, the, the lengths that Gary Newman went to, the people he involved, the multiple profiles he created to, right. to pose as, as Brandon's family and Brandon's friends. And so the amount of effort he went to yeah, to manipulate and, yep, and all of that. to like, manipulate not only Carly but myself and our family. Um, you know, and as I was sort of sitting back and, and watching all of this, I was just thinking to myself, gosh, he's not going to be the only one online using right. this anonymous borderless platform to try and infiltrate the lives of innocent kids. There, you know, we're just moving into Facebook days and, you know, the internet's really evolving. Apps are really right. starting to, to, to unfold and people are really starting to use this, this platform. And I just thought, okay, um, in my position, you know, what can I do to make sure that what happened to Carly never happens to another innocent child? And I think when you've been through the suffering and you've seen the, the trauma and, of course, identifying her and seeing what she went through, um, was I just had this tunnel vision resolve. I just had this I just knew that I I just felt it so deeply. I knew I had to do something. Wow. Um, and, you know, I really thought about what Carly would want me to do. And she was so compassionate and so loving and such a beautiful girl. Uh, I know that she would have said to me, Mum, for goodness sakes, do something. Yeah. This cannot happen to another another child. She would be horrified um, to to learn of of the level of manipulation and deception and and horror that he created because she yeah. was just so open and loving, she wouldn't even be able to comprehend somebody mm. being um, that evil, you know that um, that horrendous. So I really when thought he prayed, about he did pray on her innocence. Yes, he so, did. He prayed sure. on on her best qualities. So he right. prayed on her her loving nature, her openness, her willingness to, to um, you know, uh, talk to people, um, you know, her kindness. He would make her feel guilty if right. she didn't talk to him, things like that. So she, so he would definitely prey on her her beautiful nature, the things about her that we all loved. Right. Um, and, you know, for me it was like really sitting back and thinking, okay, what would she want me to do? And what's the best way to do this moving forward? So, um, I mean, I think I said to you before in one of the last episodes, being in her room and having that experience where I right. felt something kind of activate inside of me and I don't know what, what, yeah. how, I don't know. I really can't explain mm -hmm. what did that. But I just felt this inner strength, kind of like this, I don't know, it's like this inner rod of strength that just – kind of activated in me and with that came an enormous amount of of um, calm, mm. focus, connection to love, yeah. connection to her. Mm. And it was so powerful that it was it kind of just overcame overcome my whole being and then I just could clearly see. And so I don't know, I could just see the path ahead of me and I could see, okay, first of all, Law enforcement needs some support. Yeah. I could see that there were gaps in legislation 
Um, I could see that tech wasn't always adequate. I could see their struggles in Car- in, the, in Carly's investigation, trying to get information from service providers to be able to, you know, get all of all of the evidence they needed yeah. on Gary Newman. Um, I could see all of these different gaps. That was one aspect. The other aspect was I could see that there was no online safety education in schools. Right, especially in this time. Yeah, we're talking 2007. <clears throat> right. So there was no education curriculum in Australia. There was very, you know, very little. Um, I attended the very first cyber summit in uh, online safety cyber summit in Canberra in 2010, and so it was all a very new right. area. It was really emerging, and um, you know, and then as well as that education, it was just. Awareness. I mean, Carly was the first girl murdered by an online predator in Australia. And so the media was chasing me. They were chasing me. They were awful, really. Um, You know, at my house with cameras on their shoulders at 5 a.m. and 6 a.m. in the morning wanting their story. Yeah. But for me, this isn't a story. Right. You know, this is my life this is my this is trauma and of course the person that suffered the most is my daughter and this is not a story you know for me and so i found that really difficult but i thought okay well how can i use the media to my advantage yeah to try and create awareness and you know um, and i love that you you told us that that you are going to if if they want a story Mm -hmm. then you're yeah, gonna. They're gonna it's help. It's gonna me. be a trade. So I agreed to do. Uh, I think it was first sixty minutes interview. Um, I agreed to do an interview with them if they helped me to print so many brochures for so many schools on creating awareness of, of online right. predatory behaviour and 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 other issues online, and also if they would buy me my first office kit out. So they to get me a computer and get right. me everything I need to, you know, incorporate the foundation. And so I negotiated with them and then I just knew, I just, every part of me knew I had to incorporate some kind of organisation to forward her legacy. So yeah. then I just walked into business and consumer affairs with the constitution. I incorporated the Carly Ryan Foundation uh, and then began searching for a board. And that was um, in 2010? Yep. February okay. 2010. Um, One month after the conviction. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, just straight in. And, you know, I was able to get a wonderful board. One of my board members who's still on on uh, our board of directors now uh, was one of the head detectives in Carly's case and he's spoken at the – Right. You know, he's spoken before John, with right. me, John, um, in in our, in our conferences that we've done talking about the investigation. He's a wonderful man and – and it really affected him, this case. Yeah. Um, and he, you know, nothing is too much trouble. So that it's, I feel really, really blessed that he uh, was willing to give his time there. And I have a bunch of other wonderful board members. Um, and, you know, we got the board happening. And then I started to look at the focus areas and where I, where I thought I needed to begin. And I just did not see roadblocks. Right. Um, I wasn't going to have anyone tell me that I couldn't. Because Carly didn't suffer that much for nothing. Right. I was going to make sure of it. So that if she had to be faced with such cruelty and and, and such an evil man um, that, you know, we were going to make sure that, that no other child was going to have to look into the eyes of someone like that and be well, the last thing they look at. Just to be so forward thinking like that, like uh, making notice that, you know, the police have 
limited resources and all the things mm-hmm. that go with it. And then just, you know, seeing that I'm not going to take no. I mean, mm-hmm. that's just, that's incredible resolve that I, I don't know. I don't know how you were able to do that, but man, how grateful and the well, people must be. Well, I told you be. before, the power of love. Yeah. You know, well, so and I one really thing that you've pointed that. out now twice is that, and, and I just want to, I don't want to focus on this too much, but one thing that you said was, you know, the law enforcement, mm-hmm. the people investigating this mm-hmm. were affected by it. Yeah, they were. And I yeah. think that's something that sometimes people forget that mm-hmm. law enforcement doing these investigations are, are human parents. beings. Yeah, yeah. And they're, they're fathers and mothers of yep. children. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, they, they take a little bit of scarring with them mm-hmm. just having had to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the fact that you're so close now with Australian law enforcement mm-hmm. um, and they kind of, uh, I think adopted you the same way. Mm, yeah, I mean the people that I met in law enforcement Australia have just been extraordinary people, and they kind of went above and beyond for me. They were not only my my support, but they would come and bring me bags of food and make sure I had wood for the fire, and they right. would come and do a security check of the property. You know, they would go outside of their own hours right. to to make sure that I was okay, um, and. You know, as time went on, that relationship just grew stronger and stronger and stronger. And I think they knew, you know, often I think some of the, some agencies are a little bit reluctant to, to partner up or, or work with organisations. But, you know, as time went by and that trust built up, built up I think they realised that my motivation was to genuinely help them mm. and I didn't want anything out of it for myself. Yeah. Um, and I think when you've been through something like this, your whole focus shifts. So for me, the motivation was nothing other than preventing harm against innocent children because, you know, I've seen the harm firsthand. I lost my only daughter to, to the, one of the worst offenders. Um, I wanted to make sure that no other parent would have to go in and, and identify their child um, and, you know, essentially do what I could to, you know, help law enforcement to be able to um, have the resources and, and you know, tech and, and support they needed to be able to investigate these horrible crimes because they're having to view the worst yeah. um, material and, you know, gather evidence. It's, it's absolutely horrendous. And so how can we, I was thinking, you know, how can we support those officers um, and make sure that their mental health is looked after and their well-being is right. looked after so that, you know, they can, rather than focusing on the trauma, focusing on the outcome Yeah. Um, yeah. and how can we best support them to get to that outcome, which is getting that perpetrator away from children. So obviously legislation was a big part of that mm-hmm. um, and it was lacking, right, mm-hmm. there. So what was your, was that your first step to start towards that advocacy or prevention was to, to change laws? Or? Um, the first step for me was creating an education program. Okay. So we created Project Connect to teach kids about online safety and that would include um, cyberbullying, image-based abuse, sexting, a whole range of different things. Um, and it was very, it's, it's a very holistic program. So it, it talks to young people about, you know, we want to increase their happiness in, in the online space and reduce their suffering. So how can we do, reduce the risk of them being taken advantage of physically, emotionally or financially? Mm. And so we really um, focused on talking to kids about 
understanding that every choice I make online affects their own happiness. Right. To me, that's the first step. Yeah. That we're not there to lecture them. We're not there to, you know, try and take the fun out of, of out of their experience online. We we get that the internet was made, you know, created for connection and information sharing. Unfortunately, criminals are also using this space to infiltrate the lives of kids and to take advantage of people, and that's what we want to protect them from. And I think because I was going in as a mum. I was going to say, you said people any, saw you as Carly's mum, yeah, like the kids yeah, did. So yeah. yeah, and so obviously for the first five years, I was the one going and presenting in schools. Mm. So, you know, I, before I had any staff. So um, I would go in and present to kids and because I'm her mum, then they would – they were so shocked, first of all, that I was there. Second of all, they said that they felt cared for. Yeah. Genuinely. And then thirdly, they would come and disclose. Mm. And that's what I didn't expect was after the presentations, yeah. I would get disclosures, which then I would have to forward to law enforcement right. or mental health services um, at the time. And that's what all we had. Um, and so, you know, I started to see the level of responsibility and it was such an honour for me that young people felt comfortable to come and share sometimes something that they'd been holding on for months, a couple of years, that they felt too afraid to talk to somebody about and that by sharing Carly's story, then they felt comfortable to come forward and ask for help, which was a huge, huge deal for me. So that was kind of the first part the education program and then teaching on healthy relationships, you know, sex education is so outdated. It's all about, you know, production and pleasure. It was nothing yeah. about consent and coercion and, you know, all of these other areas that we need to look at, the harmful <coughs> effects of online pornography, all of these things that we're, where our kids are being influenced in a, in a negative way, right. teaching them how to what it means to have a healthy relationship, um, what it means to you know, look after each other and, and to be kind to one another and, and, and how that benefits them in their life journey moving yeah. forward with others. Because we, we could have never probably anticipated, I mean, the way the internet is today mm-hmm. and the way the apps and so, so mm-hmm. like it's very common mm-hmm. for kids under 13 to be sending nude images mm-hmm. back and forth between each other mm-hmm. yeah. and then to uh, strangers and things mm-hmm. like that. I mean, so what are our knowing kids looking those, for? You yeah. know, they're looking for validation. Yeah, the they validation. want to belong somewhere and the internet gives them an idea that anything is possible right that anything could happen for them um if they're connected in the into the the right networks with the right people and so you know uh, kids are are naturally vulnerable and they have a lack of life experience and so like in carly's case she believed in everybody yeah she would you know it didn't matter who somebody was, you know. I'd give her th- that money for shoes, and she'd go and buy a bunch of hamburgers for homeless people and drop right. them off. And, and mm. I'd say, "Where are your shoes, darling?" And they, there were no shoes. Yeah. She would just, you know, that's how she was. And kids, in generally in nature, are really good, yeah. and they yeah. believe in others. And that's what predators take advantage of: is their goodness right. and their loving nature. And you know, it was just really a matter of, you know, explaining to young people in schools. You know um, that unfortunately there are people up that this that exist online, yeah. and you know how can we protect? How can you use your critical thinking skills to reduce the risk of of something like this happening to you or happening to a friend? And so the whole education program was the first part. And I heard you say in the education component, w- one of the things you talk about 
uh, is emotional intelligence mm-hmm. building. Talk mm-hmm. to a, I think our listeners would be fascinated to hear how you're teaching kids emotional intelligence building. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it all kind of began with online safety and the practical things, but then I also go into what it means to build emotional intelligence. So being able to manage one's emotions. So knowing how, you know, when an emotion rises in us, um, we have a reaction. And that reaction will often not serve the greater purpose or the greater good um, if we just react straight away mm-hmm. uh, in anger or sadness or we lash out or whatever. So we teach kids how to pause in that emotion and maybe ask somebody else for their perspective. Maybe, you know, think about how they may respond and how their response will will work for them, how how controlling their emotions um, will help them uh, essentially moving forward. Um, I think we adults need a little of that too. Yeah, Yeah. well, a lot of the parent sessions that we do, parents say, you know, I needed to hear this so much. And so I have a whole series of um, points basically to share with the audience about how they can build emotional intelligence. Um, And so we go through all of that. And then I go and talk about how we build resilience because life is hard yeah. and we need to teach our kids how to be able to bounce back from stressful situations that, right. you know, um, I think our, our generation, we we can't, we seem to be quite resilient, quite able right. to, to come back from, from various different trials and tribulations in life. And I find that a lot of young people these days find that really difficult um, and oh, yeah. you know, so well, everything's immediate, right? Yeah. The internet just yep. provides this instant gratification yeah. that that yep. then prepares people wrongly, I think, for mm-hmm. thinking that that's how things should happen all of the time. Mm-hmm. And it's one it, to me. It's one of the setups uh, for failure that we do as parents, as adults, where we, you know, everybody seems nowadays to be more concerned with. Um, the touchy feely mm-hmm. things, but they don't really interject the importance of what you're trying to emphasize here. You know, this um, empowerment that they do have. And, mm-hmm. and I've had the conversations with many, many young victims where I say, uh, you know, as a Texas phrase, I guess, like, uh, what are you going to do tomorrow? Are you going to pull your, your, take your bootstraps and put your boots on and, and move forward? Or are you going to sit down and let this consume you because you have the power to change mm-hmm. it. And sometimes that's what those kids need to hear is that empowerment. Mm-hmm. And they just need to hear it from someone who isn't judging them mm. like your approach, which is mm-hmm. fantastic because when you go into there, that's why you're getting those disclosures. You know, that's mm-hmm. why you went in there and you're like, Hey, I'm not here. I'm not your mom. I'm not your dad. I'm just here to tell you that here's the reality. And, yeah. and when you, you come in with credibility, oh, right? Yeah, you Cause you've been instant, through stress, right? Instant you've been street through. cred because yeah. of what's mm-hmm. happened in your life and what happened with Carly. And, but transcending that message down to the young people is it's the only way we're going to get this fixed. Yeah. And I think they know they can feel it. They know that I genuinely care about right. them. Mm-hmm. They, they just, they will come up after our sessions and say, you know, you're the first person that I felt actually really does yeah. genuinely care about my future. I'm like, yeah, I do. And, you know, ultimately against going back to not wanting to see a young person suffer because young people are the future of the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, this isn't just about the US or Australia or, you know, our kids are literally our future. And if we don't do everything we can to protect them, to build, help them build critical thinking skills, help them build resilience, you know, to 
get them to question what they're seeing online and who they're talking to and what that person's intentions may be, um, then, you know, we're going to end up with generations of kids with trauma. Yeah. And then what does our future look like? Right. Terrible. It's just so backwards to me. So for me, it's all about let's prevent that suffering in the first place. Let's prevent that harm so we give young people the best opportunity to have the best life that Carly didn't get to have. Yeah. Because we've seen victims not come forward ever. And then, you know, when it's found out somewhere along the the road, they just respond like, I just thought this was normal. Mm -hmm. And that's a terrible thing for us to be okay with yeah yeah oh. so we really want to raise our awareness get the education program Ooh. out educate equip empower kids yeah and let them make sure they understand that they are enough just as they are yeah. everybody has special qualities and everybody is equal and we all need to support each other and you know so we really um push that um, and kids will remember our sessions years yeah. after we've been in that school and will say things like the teachers will come up to us and say, we heard one of the kids in the in the schoolyard saying, don't you remember what Carly's mum said? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Da, 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 da. So, you know, that's really. Yeah. Uh, I wondered if you'd ever had uh, <laughs> instance like, uh, you know, as you've gone along to the thousands of kids that you've talked to and all the seeds that you've sort of planted, um, you know, to empower all these kids, have you mm-hmm. seen that? Uh, come back to you? Have you seen a kid who maybe came up to you as an adult and said, you know what, you spoke in my school when I was X years of age and and as a result, I'm now a teacher, I'm now this, a counselor. Yeah, it's happened plenty. One real standout for me was I did a radio interview um, and the guy that interviewed me said, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm meeting you and we're sitting here having this chat. I just want you to know that you came to my school in 2010 or 2011 and you spoke to our class and my friend, um, she was going through a really rough time. She'd had some abuse online. Um, She was going through all kinds of mental health issues. We thought we were going to lose her. And basically after your session, I believe you saved her life. Yeah. Wow. Because uh, so then rewarding. she disclosed and then she got help and everything. Yeah. I was like, what? Yeah. You know, That's you just don't know. But I don't think about it. Right. I just, I don't know. I just. I think from our side on the law enforcement side, because we are, we get so close to some of these families, some mm-hmm. of these kids and, and some of these cases, just like you said, had the impact on John and the others mm-hmm. for Carly's case. And so I think maybe we see evidence of that a lot more than in the position you're in because you're just talking to, you know, Mm -hmm. from your heart out of thousands. And while we, when we speak and we do speak from the heart, but we also speak from the side of the house that, Hey, this is what we've seen. These Mm -hmm. are, these are the reasons we're coming here to speak to you from the heart because this is what we've seen it do. That's Mm -hmm. devastating. And so though the perspective is different, I think we get to see it a little bit more frequently than that but mm-hmm. uh it's it's amazing it's an amazing feeling when that happens mm-hmm. if you especially have someone comes to you and says like man if you hadn't said or you hadn't mm-hmm. done you would have you know my life would have been so different so and the federal me, police say to me all the time and we'll, we'll get into the law in a minute but how many thousands of kids i've rescued using right. carly's law and mm-hmm. and but i kind of don't i don't know my focus is just there's just I just can't do enough. Right. Well, it's not because, a numbers game because for you. no, you're not you're no. not trying to put ticks you on. Know, it, you know, and the awards and all of that kind yeah. of thing. I mean, look, it's wonderful to be acknowledged and right. You know, but for me, 
Oh gosh, if I can save one kid from going from from yeah. going through what Carly had to be faced with, I'm happy with that. Yeah, and um, that hand on heart, um, that is what my motivation is, and uh, and I think, you know. Um, like I mean, the first five years of of running this organisation, I wasn't paid. I put all of all of the the right. donations and everything back into the organisation to help me build up enough funds to be able to get staff to help me because right. it was so much. It was so hard because it was me on my own. I had a couple of volunteers, and I was just driving all over the country, right. presenting in schools, unpacking, packing up, setting everything up, and of course, every single time I'm having to relive her suffering. Yeah, and so it was. So hard. Yeah. Um, and so I really needed help to be able to continue. And thankfully now I have a bunch of staff, wonderful staff, and it's really taken the pressure off of me. So, you know, for me it was raising awareness um, and, you know, getting that education program happening and then looking at gaps in legislation. And well, Before the, we move yeah. on, we've got to say hi to your staff because they – yeah, they listen to us yeah, sometimes, so, hey, and, and hey, they're on Hayley our social media. We and follow Cameron them and see there. <laughs> and Victoria and all of you amazing guys. I love you all. You're so amazing. We they're, follow they're, the work they're doing, yeah. and and to see them going into schools yeah. and to yeah. see them speak and yeah. and the kids listen. Yeah. you can tell. I mean, the thing that I always had this vision was like, if I'm not going to speak, then I need to get young people to speak to young people. Yeah. So I have a, a group of young presenters that are all on social media themselves, and that's really important to me because. I need my presenters to be able to form a connection with the kids that they're talking to. And yeah. my lead presenter, Cameron, um, he's got some sass. <laughs> uh, and uh, he he's a funny guy. Um, and uh, he just has – well, he came from an acting background. Okay. And so he's just – He's got this really lovely energy that he has with the kids. And he was my very first presenter. So he shadowed me. He learned yeah. from me directly. And so he now leads all of our presenters and um, he's the perfect man for the job. He's amazing. And so he helps me to, to choose presenters. He trains them. Yeah. And so awesome. that's really important to me that we have yeah. the right team educating kids. And then, of course, I'll still speak to parents and I'll do some presentations. But because of – the legislative reform has mm. kind of taken over my time. Right. And when the United Nations kind of contacted me in relation to Carly's law, well, then everything just went a little bit crazy and hence why I'm here in the U.S. So we'll come back else. to that because I don't <laughs> want to get ahead of it. But, yeah. yes, you should follow. Uh, you can go on social media, any of the social yeah, so media Instagram, platforms. Instagram, Twitter, yeah. fa Facebook. Follow Carly Ryan Foundation and you can yep. see videos of her team going into schools and speaking. You can You can follow a lot of what they're doing. Uh, because it is really great work. So follow along with that. Um, now let's talk about the legislative aspect, because I know that Carly's Law is one of the biggest things to mm -hmm. happen with the foundation, I think, right? As far yeah. as outside of educating and reaching children directly, yeah. now we're protecting them from yeah. afar. So talk about what did you see gap-wise? What, what were you saying? Well, before I go into that, just very quickly... Uh, before I forget, yeah, uh, Project Connect uh, education program is going online. Oh, so great. we're taking it around the world. So people here in the US, teachers, educators, schools are going to be able to tap into that resource. And um, our presenters will be speaking uh, on video. Uh, there'll be bunches of resources to be able to download. Um, and so, you know, we'll, we'll let you guys know when that's live. Yeah, I'm yep. glad you mentioned that. Yeah, because yep. that's going to be um, something that they offer – 
through yeah. the foundation, yeah. but it's offered to schools and organizations. Yes, all and over the organizations. world. Yeah. So, yeah, we had um, a few different countries reach out, representatives in countries saying, you know, could we somehow get Project Connect or get you guys um, doing live webinars? Or And obviously with COVID, we need right. to adapt. Um, we're still doing face-to-face presentations and that's our preference, but of course we can reach far more children um, and, yeah. and parents and carers and, and counsellors if we have something online. So, okay, now getting back so, to... No. So Project Connect's coming out. Yeah. That's, we're going to talk about it when it goes live, but I, I know that we mentioned it, but I do want to focus on that education component's really important. Yep. And so that's a new thing coming out. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yep. thank yep. you yeah, for so reminding you're, me. you're the first ones to hear about it. You are... You're hearing about it here first, right? <laughs> All right. Yes. So now we can hear about the legislative. Uh, I want to know what was missing. Okay. So for me, I was kind of sitting back looking at um, different legislation that police were using. I was starting to kind of research um, and I couldn't really understand why, you know, police couldn't arrest until after the harm had happened. And I thought, well, that's too late because then you have a child in trauma or worse, not, you know, they've been murdered or, or something. So were there were there laws that that were kind of the online solicitation of children yeah, laws? Yeah, there were already? grooming laws. Okay. Um, but for me, it was all about the preventative, um, the harm prevention yeah. that I was really focused on. And I wanted to make sure that a child didn't have to suffer at the hands of a predator at any level. Well, and we had talked, I mean, we've mentioned a number of times, right? The first, this is the first of its kind mm-hmm. case. So when you talk about that, mm-hmm. I mean, clearly there, there wasn't legislation there mm-hmm. to prevent this. Yeah. No, there wasn't because yeah. otherwise no, not yeah. related to online things. No, Cause it was no. just becoming yeah. a thing. Yeah. It was you know, yeah. back then. Yeah. So, I would imagine that at that time the I mean when I was fighting for Carly's law there were grooming laws in place then right but that was not until 2011 2012 so when I lost Carly I mean there would be nothing the police could have done to arrest Newman before she was murdered Well I suspect even what came into play around 2011 was mm-hmm. probably some way connected to Carly even though they didn't call call it that I'm mm-hmm. sure some I don't know how the legislative process in Australia works, mm-hmm. and you're happy to educate us, but I would imagine somebody somewhere was like, what do you mean this wasn't even against mm-hmm, the law? Mm-hmm. Well, know? it's funny. With Carly's law, people are just amazed. They, they think that it, was, that it should already be that way, and they couldn't right. believe that it wasn't. So when I was advocating for, for Carly's law, we had hundreds of thousands of signatures for it. But going back, I was just kind of looking at, you know, why – doesn't make any sense to me that police can only arrest after a crime has happened. Too late for the victim. Then we have a whole bunch of horrendous, you know, investigation for law enforcement to have to go through. So what can we do to give police a tool in their toolkit to help them get in and get a child out of harm before that 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 act happens? So right. we started to look at drafting Carly's law, and I I um uh, had enormous help from a senator at the time who was, who sat down and, and started drafting um, and uh, essentially uh, came up with a few different iterations of Carly's law. Um, and it was a long process because the government at the time couldn't, you know, the, we, went, we attended many Senate committee hearings, um, couldn't really understand, uh, they thought that the law might be too broad because it says any preparation to harm. 
mm-hmm. a minor under the age of 16, including yeah, misrepresenting. Before we, before we talk about that, I'd yeah. like to to let our listeners know, in case they haven't heard this or this is the first time, let's talk about what Carly's Law is okay. and just, just give them the final version yep. and then we'll talk about how we got to that. All right. So first of all, let's start with the federal Law, okay. Federal Carly's Law. So it's it's um, essentially saying using a carriage service to prepare or plan to cause harm to engage in sexual activity with or procure for sexual activity persons under the age of 16. Um, and essentially there is a, an imprisonment penalty of 10 years and if a person misrepresents their age online as part of a plan to cause harm to another person under the, under the age of 16. Um, their age or identity. So the idea is for police to in that process, grooming process, and often law enforcement will take over the conversations of, of kids mm-hmm. um, or they might use it in, in, in um, you know, very various different investigations um, that essentially they can go in and, you know, interrupt a predator from actually getting to the point of meeting right. or, you know, being able to go and and, uh, and then what law enforcement has said to me in Australia is that when they do go in and arrest under Carly's law, um, they will then find computers full of child exploitation yeah. material and a whole bunch of other evidence and then they can apply additional charges. So it's kind of yeah. like a gateway law. So, Well, because people preying on kids mm-hmm. with a real kid, yep. like – we find, and we've told this many times, we're seeing that it's not just the first venture into mm-hmm, this realm. Mm-hmm. A lot of our offenders have child sexual abuse mm-hmm. material. They've got other victims. Mm-hmm. They have yeah. been, they don't start by meeting a kid for harm. They they start with other things. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, that's that's a very good way to to get you in the door that that opens up mm-hmm. what else they're doing mm-hmm. to harm children as well, yeah, right? Yeah. So essentially Carly's Law was introduced in 2017, passed in June 2017 as federal legislation in Australia. And, you know, it was for five or six years of fight, yeah. just pushing and pushing and trying. And then eventually in a, in a committee hearing in Parliament, I eventually got them to understand, senators to understand, the purpose of this is to give police greater power to help them to prevent that harm in the first place. So, you know, rather than uh, we want, rather than reactive law, we want preventative law. And that's when I think the penny dropped and they're like, ah, okay. And of course, police can use it at their discretion. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if for any reason you're going to arrest somebody who has a mental health right. issue or I don't know, something's not right, then, you know, police may not. A plot may not charge with with Carly's law, right? You know, so their Carly's law's purpose is for predators, yeah, right. People who are seeking out children. While it may not end in a charge if they encounter a subject who has some deficiency or yes. something that wouldn't be prosecutable, it does though put that person on someone's radar, the cops' radar, so that. Something like this happens. Yeah. Okay. Well, we have a good idea who this might be, or mm-hmm. at least a direction to look in. Yeah. It, to me, it's no different than, um, you know, current sex offender registration laws. Mm-hmm. The while the monitoring aspect of that is not what we would hope that it would be, uh, because the volume is incredible, but it does put people 
on the radar. Yeah. Like if something happened, if this, if God forbid Carly's law or Carly's situation happened here mm-hmm. today, um, one of the very first databases we would, as law enforcement would check is that sex offender registration. Mm-hmm. How many live close to where she's been missing mm-hmm. from, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So it does put all these preventative things in place. And while Brandon, just to piggyback off what he said, uh, how, you know, and what you said, where they, they'll get a gateway into this house and they see all these other crimes and, and Brandon says, well, hey, you know, this isn't the, the or sometimes other children this. might actually be in the, in yeah, the premises. Yeah. And, and while it's not the first time they've uh, done this behavior, it's probably the first time they've been looked at, yeah. which is the sad fact. Yeah, so we got the, the federal version of Carly's Law passed. Then we drafted a tighter version of Carly's Law for the states. And the tighter version says if you misrepresent your age or identity to a minor online and then attempt to meet that minor, the attempting to meet in itself is an offence. Does that have to be a more than a substantial step? That's the terminology we would use here in That's Texas. A te- the terminology, yeah. Well, it would be dishonest communication with children. So a person of or over the age of 18 who knowingly communicates with the child and makes a false representation in such communication that the person is younger than they are or the person is someone than, uh, other than who they are and meets or arranges to meet with the child is guilty of an offence. So the arrangement alone mm-hmm. is enough. Yes, just by saying, "Hey, I want to come yeah, meet you," but yeah. no, we no, 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 it's not just in the grooming. Process, but it's not right? just an uh, an arrangement to meet. It's an arrangement to meet after making a false representation mm-hmm. about your identity mm-hmm. or that you're younger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. that and combination. With and it. this yeah. is a version that that law enforcement here in Texas have been really interested in. Um, this version. We're going to um, discuss that because mm. yes, I I do want to talk about what we're going to what you're looking here. Yeah. What your work here is, but yes. I want to first cover like how talk about the process of getting that legislation enacted. There was there resistance to of it, course, or was it? Yep. So, there, there was. I mean, um, politicians thought it was too broad, and that the wrong type of people would be captured within it. Um, and so, it, some of the things that would come to me, I think one of them was a, a senator said to me, "Oh, you know, what if a forty-five-year-old wants to play Harry Potter online and is just too embarrassed to say his age, so he says he's eleven, um, and he gets captured in that law?" And I'm like, "Listen." Okay, I can think of no legitimate reason why any adult would need to misrepresent their age to a minor online unless they had some kind of, you know, ulterior motive that wasn't so great for that child. Because they can play 11 Uh, online. Yeah. But you're talking about you're playing 11 to meet a child and cause harm or whatever. So it's not just that. Exactly. It's not just you're saying you're – because, I mean, gosh, how many people say they're younger online than they are? So Mm -hmm. that's not what you're saying with Mm -hmm. this law. It's not I'm ten. Yeah. It's I'm ten and I want to meet you, yeah, a child. Let's meet up at the park. Right. You Would know, make so me question anybody that has that sort of question. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> it makes the, me look the, at him sideways yeah. like I'm the work sorry. That what? we do, we've seen it so many times. Yeah. It's so common. I mean, child exploitation online is over four billion dollar a year business. Yeah. You know, it's, so it's 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 a moneymaker. Yeah. It and is. it's gonna continue to be a moneymaker. Yeah. I don't think people know. What you mean by that, though? I think... Well, paid subscription to view child abuse material online. Okay. And so on and so on. Because so I know on. I hear our listeners, I, I, not from our listeners, but I hear people out there say like, yeah, but is this that, you know, is that real? Or yes, is, it is. Yeah. Absolutely. It is. I mean, I've been in operations with law enforcement. I mean, you are the two best people to speak on that. I mean, gosh, it, it is just yeah. increasing 
Um, with COVID, we've seen an increase in child exploitation and the streaming of live abuse. Um, so, you know, it's just horrendous. So, you know, going back to Carly's law, um, we wanted to give police two options, a federal version and a state version, um, depending on the crime type, whether they, they which, which offence they, they apply. And then from there, we, um, you know, essentially finally got them both passed and Thankfully, I mean, what I didn't realise is that Carly's law is the first law of its kind in the world when the United Nations contacted me and said, we need you to try and get this into yeah. the criminal codes of as many countries as possible. That's, uh, that Which in blew itself me away. is just like one of those, if you could see my motion of yeah, oh, my, I closed. think I cried for about an hour in my hotel room after that phone call from the United Nations. I couldn't believe it. I was just like, you've got to be kidding me. What? Yeah. So they're telling you like this doesn't just need to be Australian law. Yeah. This needs to be in every law across the globe. Yeah, which is why I'm here in the US to start off with. I mean, I've been to 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 the UK, to New Zealand, to the UAE. Um you know, and that's that's kind of just the beginning, but I thought, look, let's start in Texas because this is yep, I was yep. invited to a, a crimes against children conference here and law enforcement here. I spoke to various different uh, law enforcement from states all over the U.S. There's about 5,000 attendees yeah. at that conference. It's big. It's and, huge. You One know, of the biggest in the world, and, if not yeah, the biggest in yeah, the world. It's an amazing conference. And Bill Walsh, the founder of that. Love that guy. Uh, is, is just an incredible person. He's yes, been so definitely. accommodating and so willing to help me in any way that he can. Um, and, you know, so for me, I thought, I don't know. I just, again, go with that gut feeling, go yep. with that that intuition that yeah. somehow I got through going through all that trauma right. kind of connected me to something. I don't know. And Clearly. my feeling was, <laughs> my feeling was let's start in Texas. So let's now you get to wait one more week mm-hmm. to hear the end of, wah, wah. I know our listeners love this, but we're going to come back and finish talking with Sonia Ryan and you'll get to hear about the continued work, what she's, we haven't even gotten to some of the things she's done still in Australia before she comes here mm-hmm. yeah. to completely change our laws. So join us next week uh, and we will complete our talk with Sonia Ryan. Ooh.